1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. You're filled with love, let it surround me, surround Pittsburgh Steeler fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Hello and welcome to the hangover wow the 2021 season is officially over and we're talking about Steelers even though they haven't played in about a month (coughs) there's always something to be hung over about there's always something to learn there's always something to talk about but what gets me going is listening to these two guys so I want to introduce to you next year's Super Bowl Pepsi halftime show tony defio and shannon white tony what's going on buddy
1: i've been waiting for this kind of opportunity my whole life so i'm I'm, just like uh, like eminem said it's how lose yourself i i can't believe it so i'm in next year yeah i I headline sorry shannon can i headline i
0: i I put you in but i mean you might have to just come to my house and i give you a pepsi and you sing and (laughs) that's that's clickbait (laughs) (laughs) shannon white what's going on my friend Nobody
2: wants to hear me sing or rap. I can guarantee you that.
0: <laughs> That's Shannon... cruel.
2: That's cruel and unusual punishment.
0: The Shannon rap. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. No, it's just it's, it's, nobody wants that. But uh, well, all about we James a, Pierre. Yes. At least we had a, a, a good game
0: and, and competitive game, and uh, I'm still smiling. You know what? I, I got to tell you, I think that ranks in the top 10 of Super Bowls, I really do. I thought it was pretty good. I look at, I looked at the list, uh, some, you know, you, you catch me finding all kinds of things online and I'm going through. And like today it's like the favorite Valentine's day candy in every single state. I'm like, whoa, so <laughs> I click on it. Maryland's M and M's, by the way, Tony is M and M's. I didn't get to West Virginia, Shannon. So I'm sorry. Um, but you know, like the best fast food chicken sandwich in your state and I'm like, oh, I mean, so I do that all the time. So yeah. the other day yeah. it was uh ranking the Super Bowls in order. And I believe if I wasn't mistaken, I believe number one was I don't even remember I it might have been the Giants and Patriots. it might have been I, I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but of course, those are always biased, but the Steelers had, had at least one in the top 10, um, maybe two, if I'm not mistaken. One of the Cowboys ones, and definitely the Cardinals one was in there. So, you know, um, the Steelers were well represented, but I thought yesterday was a very good, a very good Super Bowl. It went the way mm-hmm. I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not wearing orange today, if for the because I know somebody's going to say it. Um, no, I'm actually wearing red. It's Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's to both mm-hmm. of you. Um, oh, thank you, you too. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got Shannon's heart there. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. So, you know, um, so there, there's so much to talk about about that game. And there's always something to weave in black and gold into it, even though they weren't playing that game. And that's what we are going to do on this show today. Um, there's some people online saying that uh, it wasn't a good Super Bowl, that it was totally rigged. Um, Joey Jr. says it's totally rigged. The, the thing is, I mean, you there was an egregious call at the end that people didn't like, but there was an egregious non call on a T Higgins touchdown. So yeah. that's uh, that that's a thing too that you could always look at. Man, was was that ugly? I mean, that was. I couldn't believe it was missed, but it was missed. I don't, I don't think it was rigged. I think that was missed, and I, I thought uh, the Cooper Cup thing was, uh, was a judgment call, Tony.
1: And if if you look at it from the other angle, it look, he was grabbing the jersey. It might not have been, it might not have been uh, egregious, but he was grabbing the jersey, and, and I don't know why these guys do this. I said it last year in the Packers uh, Buccaneers NFC Championship game. Why does every cornerback and I guess linebacker know Why are they taught to grab? cuz i mean every every play every pass play when they get separation you can see you can see the the, uh, the defensive player like uh, grabbing onto the jersey or or the towel or whatever so it just don't do that don't do it and they won't call it that's all you got to do mm-hmm. don't they teach technique sorry i'm i'm going off i'm flying off on the off the handle but yeah you know. all right i'm good well
0: well how many times has it been a good penalty to do that y- you know what i mean when you're right. beaten I mean, if you're getting beaten and he's getting past you, that's not the uh, worst thing to do to, you know, hope slip one past the goalie this time, slip one past the referees. Right. So there's, right. there's so many ways to look at it. I mean, I've seen penalties help teams because it erases a big play or uh, it changes things around. It's, it's, it's funny. It's that that should happen that way. Shannon.
2: I think they're taught that way now. I mean, when you consider everybody does it, they do it on every play. It started with the Seahawks and they do it on every play and you can't call every penalty. And like you said, (laughs) Brian, a lot of times it works out, you know, it saves them uh, from giving up a score. And, but guys are taught now, I think, to try to grab that inside arm or reach around and grab the, you'll see how many times you see a guy trying to make a one in a catch because they've hmm. got his other arm pin. And um, the one that really got me was when Cup caught the go-ahead <clears throat> touchdown and got blasted. Um, in college, that would have been a targeting, and he would have been ejected. But because that they was a, a – I don't remember if it was a holding or a, a procedural penalty on the Rams, it was a wash, and they had to do the play over. The problem is, what if Cup would have had a, a concussion after that play? That would have changed the total outcome of the game, or potentially could it, because he caught the game winner. So, uh, that that was the one that really got me.
0: Absolutely. There's so many different ways to look at it. Uh, the Bengals fans, it seems, today, I mean, they're complaining about that. They're forgetting completely about the T. Higgins touchdown. Yeah which that was a face mask. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of ripped his head, head All his and I, uh, you know, it, it worked, they missed it, I guess. So, but Cincinnati fans are, are going to uh, look the other way on that one. Just focus on that. They're also going to complain about the play call and going to Somaji Perrine. I think that's the way to pronounce it. I know. Uh, I've seen him a couple times against the Steelers in the last two years. So when Perrine took that handoff at uh, late in the game on third and one, they hated that play. Absolutely. And I think we would have also, but there's a lot of times that Steeler fans are saying, Hey, it's third and one, just give it to Najee or give it to Ben up the, I mean, let Ben take it. So, What is your thought on that play? I'm going to start with Shannon on that one. I really didn't think it was the worst call in the world.
2: I think they thought they was going to catch the Rams in a certain defense, and they thought they would be able to get a two-yard run, three-yard run. He has been their short yardage guy this season. I think he's a little bit more powerful inside runner than Mixon. Uh, Nowhere near as talented as Mixon. So I can see, you know, why they're upset about that, the Bengals fans, because uh, Mixon is is their number one runner. But in those situations all year, they use P-Line. And uh, so I didn't think it was the worst call. You <clears throat> want to convert there, get the first down, and then, you know, continue the drive. So if it works, you know, so be it. When it don't, you get second-guessed.
0: Jared Devil, by the way, he was the first one in today, and I didn't get to I didn't mention that, so I apologize. He says that was like giving it to Snell, L O L. Tony, <laughs> you give it to a, a guy like Mixon there, or is that do you think now Shannon just said that's what they've done a lot this year? But yeah. what's your thoughts on that play?
1: Well, where they were around midfield, and you know, time's running out, it's third and one. So, I mean, you have two two plays right there to, to try to gain one yard and you're, you're going out of the shotgun. I, I think that was a good call. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you trying, you're trying to, you know, extend the, the game. So you get a quick first down there and then, and then you keep going. So I, I have no problem with it. You I mean, you have to execute it. And obviously the, the Bengals line has been their Achilles heel all year and, and, and it certainly didn't help in that situation. So, or on the very next play. So I thought it was an okay call. I mean, like I said, you have two, two, two plays to pick up one yeah. yard, uh, I don't see why that's such an egregious call. I mean, if they would have passed it, passed it twice and and, and they would have been both incomplete passes, people would have complained, why didn't you run it there? Like, you know, like beast mode a number of years ago in that Super Bowl. So it, it, it all comes down, like Shannon said, it all comes down to execution. If you don't execute, then you get second guess. I do
0: not think it was a bad call, but I probably – I'm calling a pass play there because – I've seen it so often in Pittsburgh recently <laughs> that that's just what I know right now. Uh, so there's a couple more things that I want to say about this. Uh, first of all, I got he's he's in here right now, our buddy Mark Davison, the co-host of Touchdown Under, and Bengal hater number one. I thought I was bad. I thought I hated the Bengals, but Mark Davison for first second that that I I met this guy and met him online actually it just hates this team he had the countdown to how many days it was since they lost since they won a playoff game and so he lost that countdown this year i mean it was in 10,000 days it was a, hmm. it was incredible and now he uh, he can't do that anymore so now he's counting down he's counting down the years but I've got to correct mm. him on something. And just I've just gonna do a correction because and Marx has no idea where I'm going on this, but when you're looking at the years, you have to count it as 1981, you've got to count it as 1988 and 2021, because you've got to count it as the season. And I'm bringing that up for a reason, because he put that on our Slack channel. He was celebrating it, and he was right, because this is when it's happening. But the Washington Commanders, <sighs> when when they released their uh, new logo... Do you do you know this,
1: Tony? Did you notice this? I, I was going to chime in, but I'm, I didn't know you knew that. Okay, I didn't know you were uh, on there. Can, yeah, you, take, take over with it. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you, no, 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 I didn't know you knew that. Go ahead.
0: So they put down the dates that they won championships, and they put... 1983, 1988, when it's 82, 87, and 91. Mm -hmm. So they put the years that they won the Super Bowls, and that's just, uh, that's incorrect. So I'm just, uh, this is just a teaching moment. And so I'm throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. Shannon, did you notice that? I did not notice it when Washington.
2: uh, And one thing I noticed is, They
0: misspelled commodes, but uh, but that's all I noticed. Am I the only one? I know I'm going off on a tangent. Am I the only one that likes the name of the commanders? You know, it was kind of ho-hum at first, but I'm thinking, you know, that's not bad.
1: I'll take it. It's one of those things in 10, 20 years, nobody will, though it'll be so... Everybody'll be so used to that name, they they won't they won't be making fun of it anymore. But right now, you know, I guess it, it seems kind of like a, a USFL kind of a name or whatever, you know, like a, a second-rate league like name. But you know, if you would have said, like say today, somebody named, and I know it's gonna sound sacrilegious, but if, if, this, if Pittsburgh had a new football team and somebody said, hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, oh, that's stupid, you know, because it it, do, it doesn't make any sense at first, but we're so used to it. Because it, you know, we know what the identity is. It's about our, our, our the, the Pittsburgh's steel industry and, and that heritage, and that, that's why it makes sense. But in, in 10, 20 years, it'll be it'll be a, a regular old name. But I like the Washington football team, but I thought that was pretty cool. I, I wish you would have stayed with that.
0: I think you're absolutely correct, and we really got off subject here, and that's my fault because that's what I do. It's the off season, though. That's okay, but I I do want to say this: the Johnstown baseball team they were the Johnstown Johnnies years and years and years ago and they decided in 1995 that they were going to come up with a team and a lot of people wanted them to come up with the Johnstown flood they wanted to call it the Johnstown (laughs) flood because our town's famous for the Johnstown flood and they ended up with the Johnstown steel for a little bit s-t-e-a-l and it was just a just a bad name but I got a notice as you know like I'm a I'm a scout leader and I got to notice today that there's, it's going to be boy scout day, June 5th at Camden yards. And I, I live in, in Maryland and I'm looking at it and they're show yo, and they showed the logos of the two teams playing. And it was really weird for me to look at Baltimore Orioles versus Cleveland guardians. And they had hmm. the, the logo. So it's really weird right now, but you're right, Tony, I think in an, another 20 years, it's, you know, Hey, they're the guardians. They're the old it, everybody, guard.
1: <laughs> everybody always freaks out in the moment, but but as time passes, it, people get used to it and they don't even question it anymore. I think people would
0: freak out if the Steelers hadn't existed, and they changed the name and it it was hey we're for steel let's just put Urs on the end of it and people I think people would have really freaked out, but especially on Twitter. <laughs> now it's legendary. Yeah, they didn't have Twitter back then, so right, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a whole new world, but. There's a, there's nothing that uh, that name's not going away. So right. that, that's a good thing there. So gentlemen, here's here's the deal. We talked about that game, and everybody knows that the the thing that I hate the most is the person that goes to the Super Bowl party doesn't care about the game and says I'm just here for the commercials. Mm-hmm. So this is my promise to you. I'm not going to talk about any commercials. I'm just going to say that they were much better than last year. And that's it. And that's more than I want to say. Shannon, you mentioned that you would have rather watched the puppy bowl than, than the halftime show. This wasn't your cup of tea, was it?
2: It's just generational. It it is. There's somebody was saying today, if you're 50 or over, you didn't like it. You know, it wasn't your cup of tea, which is how I felt. I didn't even watch it. But I'm just saying, you know, who was in it, I wasn't interested. If you're 30 to 50, you loved it. It was a blast from your past. And if you was under 30, you was like, who are these guys?
1: Well, so
2: I, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of
0: truth in that. It was kind of generational. My kids loved it. My wife loved it. I can honestly say I was not excited about it. It's I'm an 80s guy. I'm a rock guy, like Shannon is. I, I get it. and But I sat there actually watching this, the way it was put together, and how they had all those rooms. It kind of looked like a house party. And when they came out, I was like, wow, this is really entertaining to me. I, I found it entertaining. I, I'm not going to watch it three or four times like I did the Prince one back in 06, but I thought it was I thought it was put together well and I know what the NFL's trying to do. The NFL is trying to attract younger, and this is the best way to attract younger because you put Kendrick Lamar in there as well. That's the only part I didn't like about it. I I thought that was the best I've ever seen, Dr. Dre. I loved it. I loved Eminem and uh, I thought Mary J. Blige. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm shocked. And then I could not stand Snoop Dogg in 1993. And I don't know whether it's the fact that he's a Steelers fan or the fact that I just get a kick out of the guy. It's been 20 years since I, I became a Snoop Dogg fan. I, I really, I really like watching him and I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was a good California type show and you're going to probably see the shift there. Now, when we were kids, there was a lot of stuff like up with people and the grambling marching band and there's a, there were there were a lot of a lot of uh halftime performers like that there was once there was a magic show one year but wow. <laughs> yeah because yeah, I, I was looking it up the other day and it was like super bowl 20 might have been a magic show or something um
1: tony what were your thoughts well i didn't see it live i had to I was uh, traveling from my bowling match to the Super Bowl party, uh, but I, I saw it. I watched it on YouTube this morning. I, it was—I thought it was a really well put together show. Like you said, it was really well produced, and I mean, they really pulled out all the stops. I mean, I, I, you can't criticize them for that. It was—it was an incredible show, and and uh, these are all legendary uh, performers. So, I mean, I, I don't know why people are like, I can't believe they're putting these guys on there. But the thing that I found—I I found really funny is is by this point, these guys are all in their 50s, except for Eminem, who's what, 48, 49. They should be, like, everybody should be, like, nostalgic about this music, but a lot of people are still getting angry. Yeah, they can't be putting this on TV. So in that in that sense, I guess 50 still is, like, is, is the new 20, because back when they were in their 20s, they were making everybody mad with their music, and now they're still doing it. So 50 <laughs> is a new 20. That's how I look at it.
0: Well, I, I know my parents, I haven't even talked to my parents yet, but um, I I know they're, they hated it. And I, I figured they would, but you know, I think they, they, I think my mom hated Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. My dad loved it because, of, <laughs> uh, you know, just because, uh, of the, uh, wardrobe, even though there was no malfunction, it came out partially malfunctioned anyways. But with that being said, there's so much to talk about, about the game. I, uh, I thought the NFL put on a pretty good show. And I'm not just talking about the halftime show. I'm talking about the whole game. We had somebody one of our Facebook contributors here and it's uh Josh and I'm going to bring Josh up here. I could never ever get that hyped up for Super Bowl when my Steelers aren't in it. That was the only problem with the, the Super Bowl that the Steelers weren't in it. Now, um when the Steelers are in the Super Bowl, it is a glorious two weeks. <laughs> it it, it oh, is yeah. just amazing leading up to it. It's it's something special. It's it's great, and that day is a whirlwind. And I don't know. I'm nervous, and I'm excited, and I'm through all kinds of emotions. And I could tell you about probably about five or six Super Bowls that I witnessed, and there's two that I didn't. I, I was alive for, but I I. Wasn't cognizant. Um, but I gotta tell you, there's these these games when your team's in it, it's just something fantastic. But I was so invested in this game yesterday, fellas, because it was the Bengals. Mm -hmm. It was rooting against the Bengals like I rooted like I've never rooted before. Because you know, I'm not a fan of Bengals fans. I like Joe Burrow. We talked about this. I have no problem with Joe Burrow. I don't think I have a problem with. Jamar Chase, you know, I have a problem with, uh, with, uh, the guy that dropped the ball on uh third and nine, you know, Tyler Boyd, just because of the way he came out against the Steelers this year, uh, you know, a, a local boy just, uh, smashing the Steelers. And I have a problem with Joe Mixon just because of the, uh, just because of his, uh, his illegal activity you know, in a bar punching, uh, punching women, a woman, excuse me. I, and I have no problem saying that. And that's, that's just, that's just a thing. I don't know what brought that whole thing on. I don't care. It's just the bottom line to the whole thing. Um, but watching the Bengals, I was convinced the whole time that they were going to win this game. And I got to tell you, I'm completely shocked that they did not. When you asked McVeigh what happened, he said, well, it was Stafford and Cup and Aaron Donald finishing it in the end.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's exactly what this team needed. That's, th- that was the formula. That's what if anybody guessed that the perfect scenario for the Rams would be, that's what it would have been. And their superstars came up big. So when I look at this game, I'm looking at what do the Steelers need to be in that position, and what would have they done if they were in that position? Now, they weren't good enough to be in that position this year, and that's it. How do they get that good? You know, how do they get there? And we are talking about the Super Bowl like we did in the first half, but now we're talking about what the Steelers could learn from this Super Bowl and what did we learn about the Steelers after watching the Super Bowl so Shan I'm going to start with you on this one what did we learn that the Steelers need to do first when we're talking about this game that we just witnessed yesterday and a, a pretty good a pretty good game 23 to 20. The Steelers need more game changers.
2: That game came down to the Rams had more game changers on both sides of the ball than the Bengals did. And then when it mattered, they're the ones who won that game. Uh, Cup had maybe the best season for any wide receiver ever hmm. to win the triple crown, to be the offensive player of the year, and then top it off with being Super Bowl MVP. All in the same season. Then, if you listen to his uh, acceptance speech where he won both the Offensive Player of the Year award and the Super Bowl MVP last night, his humility, he might be the most humble uh, guy, uh, MVP that I've ever seen. You know, in a world of divas and guys would have been up there like, look at me, I'm the greatest thing ever. He last night he said I don't feel worthy of this recognition. That is a champion. That's that's the kind of guy that I want to build my team around. Then when he gave he got him the lead. Then when the Bengals got the ball back, Aaron Donald, you know, the one thing missing of one of the generational great talents ever, he didn't have the Super Bowl. And when it mattered the most, he made two straight plays, game-changing plays. Now, how is the Steelers going to accumulate that talent? You know, the Rams did it one way, and the Bengals did it another way. And there's no certain formula. But they have to increase the talent on both sides of the ball because coaching is important, but game-changing talent wins games.
0: Now, a couple things that I need to say about that. Is you know I I loved the Cooper Cup acceptance speech. I loved everything about you know watching him play, and I just lost my thought on Cooper Cup. But I I will say that it was it was so neat to see how the humility that he showed. Okay, I, now I remember what I was going to say it wasn't a the typical well nobody believed in us it was us against the world it was not that it was i've never heard anybody say yeah i don't even think i deserve to be here <laughs> with i mean there's so much so many better than me so i you know i thought that was incredible aaron donald inspired me just as much as cooper cup mm-hmm. because i loved when he put the finger up and and <laughs> touched his finger saying the ring's going to go there and I have, I think the only problem I've ever had with Aaron Donald is kind of jealousy because <laughs> wanted, I wanted TJ Watt to win those defensive player of the years, even though he only took one away from him. You know, Gilmore took the other one away, if I'm not mistaken, but I just how good he is. And you realize where they picked him? He was a first rounder. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he was number he's either number 12, 13 or 14 overall.
1: Right. Cuz the Steelers picked 15 that year. Did he go right before the Steelers? I'm I'm almost positive it was 14. It's definitely like inching towards the middle of the first round. Yeah, I I know it it's uh I think the Giants were 12
0: and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the Giants took Odell Beckham at 12. I can't remember who thirteen was, and I think it was the Rams at fourteen. Maybe Anthony Barr went in there uh, with the Vikings. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to look that up, but that's uh, that's something right there. You know, there's another pit guy that like Revis almost fell to the Steelers. This, in fact, that's funny because the Steelers I think were picking sixteenth that year or fifteenth, and they they were looking at Revis. I I actually think that they were at, absolutely looking at, at him as well, Aaron Donald, back in that uh, 2014 draft, and they ended up with Ryan Shazier, which was a really good pick as well, but I, I, I'm just going to say, I was like, wow, Aaron Donald was not a number one pick, so you can get a guy like that. We've seen superstars go at 20. My gosh. The Steelers are a good example of it, where T.J. Watt, I think he was, was he 28 or 29, guys? 30. When he was drafted. He was drafted 30th. Okay. Wow. So, you know, and guys like David Njoku went before him. You know, I mean, the, there's there's guys that went. Okay, Brad Jewett saying Aaron Donald went the pick after Odell. So, so I'm thinking Aaron Donald was 13th then cuz for some reason I have it stuck in my head that uh O'Dell was was 12th and I know the Steelers were 15th in that draft. So, you know, what that was a crazy draft too. That was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I remember watching that draft and the one guy that I was in love with in that draft was Mr. Justin Gilbert. From Oklahoma State, oh, God, yeah. who, the, who the Steelers yeah. ended up with, right. and that's the cornerback that I I thought, oh, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. And then I was in love with Darquez Denard.
1: Yeah, um, I liked him too. <laughs>
0: and then, then I'm like, and I was mad about the Shazier thing, but I digress again. I I've been doing so well the last couple of months, not going off of subject, going off the subject, but what what I'm ultimately trying to get at is I agree with Shannon that that it needs to be done through the draft. The Steelers have a good, good chance to bring in some free agents as well. And I thought the Bengals did that really well. Um, be honest with me, guys, because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you here. When the Bengals picked Jamal Jamar Chase, I laughed last year. I think Jeff did, too. I think we were like... Phew. Stupid Bengals doing their thing in the fifth round. We laughed again when they when they went ahead and picked a kicker. <laughs> they picked a guy that looks like someone who could be the next great kicker in the league. Right. The next guy in the equation, a, a top five guy in Evan McPherson. But when they picked, when they did not take Samaji, excuse me, um Penny Sewell. I, w- I was flabbergasted. I'm like, right. ah, boy, they're stupid. Right. And they went all the way to the championship game because of it. So, Tony, what was your thought when that happened at draft day? on draft day?
1: I thought it was a mistake, but obviously it clearly wasn't because, as, as I've said many times, well, Cooper Cup is he, – he has a claim to it now, <laughs> a legitimate claim. But Jamar Chase is, is quickly ascending up the uh, ladder as the best receiver in the NFL, and he's just a rookie. So uh, I thought it was a mistake, but, but – but, you know, it, 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 they got to the Super Bowl, so it, it's hard to argue with that pick. And, and yeah, their offensive line still needs work, as is the Steelers. But this should be a lesson um, for Steeler fans and whoever else, experts, because you know everybody's still talking about uh, uh, Najee Harris, and they shouldn't have drafted him in the first round. But he has the potential to be a superstar. And you know, Fry, you know, he, they picked Fryer Muth over Creed Humphrey, uh, and, and 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 the line is still. In, in trouble and it, it still has to be fixed, but you can't do everything on one draft. Uh, sometimes you just have to do it over, over uh, multiple drafts and you have to do it sometimes through free agency too. So, uh, you know, I didn't, I thought it was a mistake, but, you know, Chase was the right man. He was the right uh, pick. Just like, I, I think Harris was the right pick. And I think uh Fryermuth was the right pick in the second round. And, and it's just, it's just up to them now to find a, a way to continue to, to fix the line this year. And let's not forget they did, spend uh, two draft picks on, on, on the line last year. It just, it just wasn't in the first and second round. And one of those guys started all year at left tackle. So um, you, you can't you can't do everything on one draft. And, and, and I think they got two real gems in last year's draft. And now we have to see what, what they can do this year uh, with that line.
0: Now, what did you learn about the Steelers watching the Super Bowl? I mean, because if you're anything like me, you're thinking about the Steelers the entire game right and what they can be doing oh well, uh, I mean, how they emulate sorry
1: oh no no well, I mean it's, it's no
0: Tony we just lost your mic Tony we just lost your sound so while Tony's Tony's trying to fix that and I'm not sure what happened to Tony's sound here so <coughs>
1: Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Well, it's just uh, the Steelers aren't a complete team yet, and and as Shannon said, they you know the, these both teams have playmakers on both sides of the ball. And if you go back to the to the those Super Bowl teams of the of the two thousands, I mean, they had playmakers all over the place. Obviously on defense, Harrison, uh, Peasey, Palomalu, James Ferrier, Offense, Heinz Ward, Antonio Holmes, uh, Willie Parker. Uh, of course, the quarterback, you know, uh, uh, so what, what, what they're missing now is 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 uh, a, having a complete team. You have obviously T.J. Watt, you have Cam Hayward, you have Mika Fitzpatrick. They're, those guys are difference makers. But other than that, you can't really name uh, any other, di- especially on offense. I mean, Najee Harris might get there. Pat Frymouth might get there, but you're not there yet. So, of course, you have to find the right quarterback. And, and the sooner you do that, whether it's a veteran or, or a draft pick, the quicker you're going uh, to going to ac- accelerate the process as far as being able to get to the Super Bowl but you have to start with the quarterback and then and then build a complete football team you know people talk about the uh the, two th- the 2010s as being you know a wasted decade but they never really had a complete team in the, in the 2010s they had some really good teams especially on offense but they could never really uh, put together a complete team like they had in the 2000s so i think Sunday night at the Super Bowl it showed us that that you have to have – it can't just be one side of the ball that, that gets you there. You have to uh, do it on both sides of the ball.
0: Brian Brown says, well, picking Jamar Chase didn't win them a Super Bowl, did it? The offensive line cost the Bengals the game, and that's, that is what happened. But <laughs> I am going to say this, though. They don't make the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase. So that's the, – the thing about it is – If the Steelers don't pick Najee Harris in the first round, they probably win three games, four games at the most. Uh, I really think, I I don't think with that offensive line and with Benny Snell in there, they're probably in a lot of trouble. So,
1: Tony? Tony? I, I just want to say something about, about that uh, what Brian Brown said and, and and I've I've seen this all day on 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 social media and right and, and I get it Steel, Steeler fans you hate the Bengals and everything but it's a, it was a tremendous it's a tremendous thing when you make it to the Super Bowl and it hadn't happened for them in 33 years and, and two years ago they had the number one pick in the draft they were they were the laughing stock they didn't do so hot last year either and they picked fairly high and now they're in the Super Bowl it's a tremendous it takes it takes, a, it takes a lot of effort and, and luck to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. So this whole zero-sum thing we have as sports fans, I wish we would kind of stop doing that. I mean, it's been 11 years since the Steelers have made it to the Super Bowl, and and I would give anything, as depressed as I, I would be the next day, I'd give anything to see them eat, just be in the Super Bowl, even if they lost. It's such a tremendous thing. You mentioned it earlier, the two weeks leading up to it are so awesome. So. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals need to be commended for the work that they've done over the last couple of years and, and, and g- going from a laughing stock to a Super Bowl uh participant.
0: Now, I want to bring up DJ too because he's replying to what I said. He said, Winning three games and having a first round OT and second round OC, and we'd be in better shape. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, that's sure. That, but one thing that I've learned, and I'm watching the Bengals here, and you know the, the offensive line was decent early on in that game. They didn't hold up in that game, and I get it. But the way the Bengals are also not there without the moves that they made on their offensive line, and the they did that by drafting drafting Carmen second, and then going ahead and making some free agent moves. So I think the uh, I don't think the Steelers are, are going to be set back as much as you think, because with the money that they have, if they spend it wisely and they mix up the draft and free agency well, they should be okay, and they could probably i have always said this this year and in the last couple months, that you hate to emulate the Bengals, but what the Bengals did for the first time, I mean, it, it really did work to get them there. So, Tony, I agree what you say about the fact that they're there, and uh, they are being there, and, and that's very true. Um, one more thing about Jamal Ch- Jamar Chase—I keep messing up his name, and I apologize. The thing about Chase is, it's the Steelers' fault that they have Jamar Chase because they knocked out Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, Bengals win more games if they don't injure Joe Burrow. <laughs> right, right. So we're gonna blame the Steelers on that one and Bud Dupree. So Bud, it's it's your fault that uh mm-hmm. that the Steelers will be chasing Jamar around. Now I mentioned the draft and I mentioned free agents. So I'm gonna ask you this. What do you value more for 2022? What do you value more in the short run? the emphasis on the uh, almost $50 million in room or the draft?
1: Shannon. Want me to go?
2: okay. no, they're going to have to be prudent both ways uh, with limited draft capital. And, you know, the salary cap looks good until you consider trying to extend Fitzpatrick and then make, uh, a, you know, impactful signing on both sides of the ball. Uh, that's going to cost. So, and they have so many holes, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, and so that's going to, how they view the situation, the Bengals, I think, listen to Burroughs. And Burroughs told him what kind of connection he had with Chase. So that's why they made that decision. I don't think it was strictly because he was the best player on the board. I think it was because it takes quarterbacks and receivers a while to develop a chemistry, and they had a special chemistry already that translated well to the NFL coming out of the SEC. So I think they were wise to make that decision, and then they went and spent a higher draft pick on a kicker knowing that a lot of their games was going to come down to close games and they needed a reliable kicker. So they, they gambled pulled the trigger and it paid off. The only thing I would caution about the the Bengals and, oh, they're going to build that line and, and they'll be back. Dan Marino was the same way. and He made it his second year. Then he uh, they said, well, give him a running game and the Dolphins are going to be back. And it never happened. Uh, so that's why when you get there, you got to win it. The Rams was built to win and you know, if they'd have lost, it would all been a complete failure, but they won. So they got that and it's, it's just hard just to get there much less win, but they got their championship. So I, there was a lot of guys I was really happy for, uh, the Steelers are, are nowhere near close enough to, uh, try to think about doing, going that route. But they can definitely pull from the way both teams built
1: uh, their Super Bowl teams. Tony, I think you know this year with having as much money as they do, uh, that that might be a good route to target one position and and bring in a, a high higher priced ve- a veteran than normal because uh, you can obviously control that more and you can control what what happens in the draft as far as when you're, especially when you're drafting twentieth. But like Shannon said, you you know that. 30 40 50 whatever how many million it is i mean you have to factor in you know your own players that you have to sign like make fitzpatrick so i think if you go out and and, and you get a, a a really good uh free agent whether it's on the line or or secondary or line whatever linebacker you know inside linebacker uh that, that's fine but i think you you know ultimately you have to uh be sound and and and, and in the draft that's 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 the lifeblood of the NFL, and and I don't care what anybody says. I mean, what the Rams did was great, but they were already a good team, and they, they just added on to it. But if, before you can get to where the Rams were, even before they brought in people like Stafford and Von Miller and OBJ, uh, you have to have a solid foundation. So they have to continue to to build that foundation through the draft with with uh you know like like, like they they have been doing for the last however many years, like Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, and before that Bill Cowher. So you just You keep keep building uh, through the draft. That's where you you find your your, your core of uh, of a football team, more so than a free agency. You know what, fellas? Did you happen to catch the graphic
0: that NBC showed when they had like seven different defenders and Mike Hilton was up there and they were all in their old uniforms? The guy from the Cowboys was up there, uh, Larry Ogino. I can't pronounce his name. (laughs) Ojum Nobi. Also, uh, from I think he was in a Browns uniform. There, Uh, you had uh, Mike Hilton in the Steelers uniform, and then they switched them all to Bengals uniforms. And that was like six or seven players on defense alone that they that they found through free agency. I don't think the Steelers don't need that that type of uh, you know change. They, I think the only real superstar, and I'm calling him a superstar, and is Trey Hendrickson because he's had he had like 15 sacks two years ago and 14 sacks last year. So he was the big difference maker that they brought in, and they brought him in from New Orleans. And so I'm looking at a guy like him and I'm thinking, all right, that's your superstar move but the rest of the guys were good pieces of the puzzle. They did Steeler business with the Steelers have shown us over the past 20 years, as far as bringing good pieces of the puzzle. Mike Hilton's not a superstar. Mike Hilton's a perfect piece of the puzzle to bring in there. You know, so they, they did that really well on their defense. The other guy, uh, DJ reader, who's with the, the Houston Texans, that guy's nobody's superstar. No one's talking about him as a guy you build your team around. But my gosh, he did some great things in that Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, you, you can't take away the fact that the Bengals' rush defense was absolutely phenomenal right. yesterday, and that's something that, that, that they're not known for. Now, DJ 12 says Mike Hilton was a pretty big move. They paid him. Yeah, th- they did. It was a big move to bring him in, but he was a piece of the puzzle that they brought in and it was he wa- he wasn't a guy that they brought in to just go ahead and say you're going to carry the whole thing it's kind right. of like the titans did with uh with butler from new england when they brought him in they would have been they brought him in as a prized free agent and that's that's where he was miscast so You know, I think the Steelers can do that and they're smart enough to do it. And remember, Kevin Colbert's still there. He's there until after this draft. So it's going to be interesting. And you know, you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be lame duck this either. No. So your final thoughts, and this surrounds the fact that a lot of people are saying they're two to three years away. But with what you know, with the fact that they have Kevin Colbert still, with the fact that they have almost fifty million, and the fact that they've witnessed that they've seen other teams do this, and they have had no t- no problem shifting their philosophy the f- past couple years, do you feel that it could be quicker than a two to three year build, Tony?
1: I mean, I, I can see that because they're so young you know, as a team, I mean, they, you know, they're, as I, we said many times, they are like the second youngest team in the NFL uh, last year. So, you know, they can change around quickly. If you, if you hit on the right draft picks And last year's draft class was pretty fruitful and the year before that was pretty good. They've had some good draft classes in in recent years. Yeah. TJ, Watt, Juju, uh, and so on and so forth. So you just, you, you have to uh, have a, another good draft or two. And, and, and again, you have to find a quarterback as quickly as possible and you have to uh, maybe sign a, a high price or, or at least a, 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 an important a difference making free agent. And, and it, it could turn around just like that. That's how the NFL is set up. It's the NFL is designed that way. So you can go from having one of the worst uh, teams in the NFL to being in the Super Bowl within two years. So yeah, it could happen in a couple of years. And, and the reason why I'm hopeful it's because of the, the youth of the roster. Shannon.
2: Yes. The, where, like Tony said, where they are so young, the defense is closer than the offense, obviously. And if they can if they have a strong draft, defensive line, inside linebacker, uh, maybe sign a free agent corner, like we've talked about, make a decision on Edmonds, I think that they can uh, get that defense back closer to elite, which will help carry them. Then really focus on that offensive line so that Harris can be elite and reach his full potential, regardless of who the quarterback is, that will help uh, them stay competitive um, and keep them nine to 11 wins, even in the midst of this rebuild. They're not going to accept winning through four or five games like the Bengals had to do to get all those top picks. So uh, they're going to have to do it a different way. And it can be done, but I still believe it's going to be at least two years before they're actually a a contender. And that depends on how fast can you find a franchise quarterback because that's that's not easy.
0: And we learned something through the playoffs that you can't get there without the franchise quarterback. You can, and it's been done in the past, but it's not as likely. Mm -hmm. There were franchise quarterbacks there yesterday and all throughout the playoffs. So that's something that they're definitely going to need. So great discussion, guys. I really appreciate it. Look, if you're just listening to this show and you're just watching YouTube shows, you're missing out. There are so many shows on BTSC. The podcast platform is thriving. We're going to have three every weekday, three original new shows every single weekday. And we're going to have a few on the weekends as well. So make sure you check out shows like the new one that debuted today, the Steelers draft fix. You're like mm. fix fix. Yep. You were, you were listening to Steelers fantasy fix and now it's the Steelers draft fix. It's on Mondays now. And it's not just Jeremy Betts, but it's Andrew Wilbar as well. And if you listen to Andrew Wilbar for the first time, you're going to think, wow, this guy's been, this is his, uh, first time doing a podcast on btsc because he sounds great and he knows <laughs> he he knows his uh his draft picks we have guys uh jeremy and andrew know his draft know the draft pool very well maddie peverell is another guy that knows the draft pool so well too That's show to check out on the war room so and that's coming up on thursdays we have other shows as well And so there's a lot of excitement here. Check them out. Check out Let's Ride. Check out the live mic. Check out From the Cutting Room Floor. Check out the Stat Geek. And check out what Ian's talking about. Check out so much more. So with that being said, thank you so much for checking us out as well. We will be here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Or should should I change it to same bad time, same bad channel. Um, (laughs) But gentlemen, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad the Super Bowl's over. And I'm ready to dive headfirst into the healing. And that's getting ready for free agency a month away. Getting ready for the draft as well.
1: So thank you, fellas. Thank you. It was fun. And, 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 and we it, the uh, offseason will be here before you know it. The, the, the good stuff, the free agency, the draft, just right around the corner. You got it. So we cannot do
0: these shows without you. Everybody tuning into us with your comments, whether we agree or disagree with your comments, we need those comments. We need you in here and we really appreciate you. So thanks so much. We love you and keep on tuning in to everything. BTSC. There's a few things we need to do you to do for us though. That's one. Stay safe. Two. Always be true to yourself. And three. Always be behind the steel curtain. And just when you think you got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Woo! All right, friends, we will see you next week. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. <laughs>